Edmonton good, Vancouver bad. And now we've got a fight right off the draw, and Zach Cassian lands a couple of left hands on Zach McEwen, who then takes him down with a wrestling maneuver, and Cassian might be hurt. Cassian hit his head on the ice. And unfortunately, appears out. Cassian landed a couple of left hands. McEwen wrestled him to the ice, and Cassian hit his head, and both Canuck and Euler players immediately waved for medical reinforcements, and now we just hope Zach Cassian is okay here. Well, thankfully, Zach Cassian is okay. He won't play tonight when the Oilers face off against the Vancouver Canucks in about an hour, but he is in good spirits, and we'll see if he's able to take part in the home opener on Wednesday. Reed Wilkins with you, joined by Sportsnet's Louis DeBrusque. Louis, thanks so much for checking in tonight. I know you and I talked uh, you know, casually at the rink the last couple of days about that fight. When you saw that, what was your reaction to everything that happened? I think it was the same as anybody else that was watching it. You're concerned for Zach and making sure that he's okay. They never like to see anybody go down like that and, and get injured in any aspect of the game. But, you know, in a scrap like that, it was spirited. Just the way he fell down and hit his head on the ice, it's always dangerous. It always has been and it always will be. But I'm glad he's okay. I'm, I'm happy to hear that he is doing better and looks like he's going to make a full recovery. And, you know, be back in action sooner rather than later. But, yeah, you know what, Reed? We talked about it, and we discussed it the next day. It was a, a big topic of discussion for good reason. And, you know what? It's ugly. You know, when any anytime anybody gets hurt in any fashion, you know, pucks to the face, the skates, hits, um, just fluky accidents. We saw Ryan Rees bend his ankle back 180 degrees the wrong way. Um, you know, you cringe when you're watching that on TV. You cringe even more when you're watching it live. And uh, you don't want to see anybody get hurt like that. But it is part of the game. It's a fabric of the game, and it does happen. And like I said, I'm happy to hear that he's making a full recovery and, and doing well. Louie, I double-checked your stats. You played 401 NHL games, and you were in 105 fights. So pretty much a fight every fourth game on average. I would uh, venture a guess that... Nobody in the modern era era is going to fight that frequently. A lot of teams no. won't have fights um, that frequently. Let, let me start here. Did you ever have a scary incident, you know, with your head, with your helmet coming off like that? No, I actually didn't. Now, so a few of the guys that I fought, yes. Um, you know, there were some guys that were unconscious and guys that were buckled pretty hard. I've seen a few real bad ones from hits, from open ice hits. Um, you know, when we had a guy on our team in junior, Jim Sprott, <clears throat> who every single year, along with Brian Marshman at that time in the OHL, was up for hitter of the year. Um, you know, best checker, whatever the, the award was called. But, I mean, they just absolutely clobbered people coming across the line. Similarly to what you saw Scott Stevens do for years, both of those guys, Brian Marshman, who I played with in Edmonton and in Tampa Bay, was you know known for those big open ice hits. And Jim Sprott, a guy on our team, he was more of a high hitter. You know, Marshman will go low most of the time. He was not afraid to go low on you. But Jim Sprott was a guy that would literally just step up and come across the grain like Scott Stevens. And back then, you know what, let's face it, Reed, you were aiming for the head. That was what you did. You aimed for the head. You took the head off. And, I mean, boy, oh, boy, did he ever rock a few guys coming across that line. But, you know, in fights, no. I, I have seen it before. We've obviously seen the fights in the past where that's happened. But 
myself personally, I haven't been involved in one where that happened. Yeah. Okay, so, and I'm going to play the clip uh, a little bit later on, but I, I asked Dave Tippett about will fighting just eventually leave the game organically, and he basically said yes, but he gave a, re- yep. a really good answer, so I'll, I'll play that in a few minutes, and I know you were there for, for that as well. Yep. And to me, yep. that's the discussion, whether you're pro-fighting, anti-fighting, want more, want less, I think there are some realities that, that, that we're living in here. So how do you, I'll ask you that same question I asked Dave. Is, is fighting going to exit hockey more or less organically in the seasons to come? Yes, I do believe it will, um, but not entirely. I think that because of the nature of the game, you're going to have, and, you know, I know that he did mention in other sports, or was it Darnell you asked afterwards or before, sorry, um, the yeah, same Tim question. Yeah, mentioned he, the other sports, yep. Yeah, and he, and he had a similar answer. You know, Darnell did in the sense that, you know, he kind of, chuckled a little bit when you asked him if you're thinking about that kind of stuff while you're fighting and you really don't honestly i can tell you from experience myself and i and i really agreed with him when he said that when when the gloves come off and you're in that mindset and you're going at the guy the opponent you're not thinking about anything else but just surviving the fight you're just you're just fighting and it really does you know come down to that you're not thinking about anything negative happening to you um, but what dave Tippett mentioned about other sports there still is bench clearing brawls in baseball you'll see it there still are you know, you know, altercations that happen in football, even though it's not the rules where you can fight, um, it still does happen because, let's face it, sports are competitive. You don't like the opponent. You want to win at all costs. And sometimes things happen that you really don't like. So I don't think it'll entirely go out of the game. Even if there is a suspension for it, if you are kicked out of the game for it, I truly do believe there still will be fights because the tempers will flare and it'll just happen organically. And I think that's kind of what you're seeing happen now anyway. You're seeing the fact that, you know, you and I talked about this at length and I knew knew it was going to be a topic of discussion, but the league has already achieved what they want to achieve. If you don't want to fight, you don't have to. You know, and that truly was when the instigator rule came in, I believe that's what the nature of the rule was for. It was for if, if you're a player that doesn't want to fight, you don't want to drop the gloves, more so now than ever, it's accepted if you don't. And I think also within the rules, you can just say, no, you know what, I don't really want to drop the gloves right now. You might get jumped still. You can never, ever take that away because if somebody decides they want to drop their gloves and grab onto you, there's really nothing you can do about that. And they will be fine for that. They will be suspended potentially. There will be you know things that happen repercussions if you do do that as a, as the player that drops the gloves and instigates that fight but as far as the way the league is now it's a lot more accepted to say hey you know what i don't feel like dropping the gloves i don't want to do that and i think that was the nature of the the rule initially and that's what they wanted to achieve and i think they've achieved that so therefore i don't believe there's anything else that has to be done i know there's been discussions about when a helmet comes off and all that and and listen like i said and what darnell said when when, when you get into this, the fight and it starts to happen, the last thing you're thinking about is that your helmet came off. It's, it doesn't mean anything. I can tell you from experience, a lot of times I was pulling my helmet off myself because the chin strap was choking you, but you didn't want it on. So you just got it off to get it out of your way. You know, Louis, another interesting thing to me too, and, and I should share with people that Louis and I have had uh, several discussions over the years just sitting in the stands watching practices and 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 Louis I've always appreciated this discussions because like I, I they're really interesting you're very insightful you've always respected my opinion and you've treated every question I've asked you like it's important so that's why I think it's now good we're kind of doing this publicly and like okay so if you're a kid in junior you've probably fought a lot less 
And then if you all of a sudden decide in the NHL you're going to get in a couple fights in the preseason, is that safe? Because to me, in a hockey fight, and you've talked to me about this off mic, which is why I want to ask you, like it's there's more than just okay, I'm going to swing my fist. There's body weight, balance. You're on skates. Like it's 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 it's, you can't just start fighting in the NHL and and be good and safe at it, can you? If you decide you're going to do it, well. I would argue, Reed, and we talked about this the other day. I said, you know, it's is it safe to play hockey? You know, there's a lot of things that happen. I mean, listen, there's a reason why people don't continue to play hockey competitively and physically to only a certain age. It's the reason they took body checking out of hockey earlier to allow people to play longer and develop their skills, to get better at it, to maybe be able to see a hit coming, have your head up when you have the puck, and not get hit. The rules have changed to make it a safer game. And when I say a safer game, I agree with what they've done. Take Mm -hmm. headshots out of the game. You don't have to have that. So, I mean, listen, it is a competitive, physical, dangerous sport. That's what makes it what it is. That's why we watch it. It's also one of the most highly skilled sports to play in the world, in my opinion. One of the most difficult sports in the world to play. I truly believe that. You're on skates, like you said, the balance, the stick, the puck. You've got 10 guys on the ice that are ultra-fast and ultra-physical skating around, and it happens really, really, really quickly. And you have to make split decision decisions on the ice in milliseconds. And if you make the wrong one, your knee could be blown up. You might never play again. You might get concussed because you're going to collide with a guy both going about 30 kilometers an hour, 30 miles an hour for that matter nowadays. So... I argue, is the game safe? I mean, well, listen, It's if you choose to play the game, if you choose to put the uniform on and you choose to take money to play a game at a high level, that's the chance you're willing to take. And I think if you ask any player, they would say the same thing. Yes, I want to play this game. I understand the risks that are involved, and I'm going to go out there and I'm going to play the game. Now, I agree with making real amendments. I agree with changing things that you know suit the game to make it a safer game. But at the same time, I don't think you want to take away from the game the fabric of it that makes it what it is. I, I just I just truly believe that. I call me old school. That's just the way I feel about it. So, you know what? I would say to that junior player, if you really don't feel comfortable fighting, then don't fight. Mm-hmm. You know, and sometimes if you get pushed into a corner, you're going to have to protect yourself, not just for the fact that, you know, I don't, I don't believe in it because the fans want to see it or, you know, the coach wants to see it. I believe that. If you want to be successful in anything, you got to push and fight for what you want. And I don't mean literally fight, but you got to battle. you got to make sure that you're going to be willing to argue, to put up a, a, your back and say no. And sometimes in hockey, yeah, sometimes you're going to have to push back and you're going to have to shove back. And sometimes, yes, you're going to have to fight back in order to do what you need to do to be successful on the ice. And again, I would say that when you get to that junior level, you're now at a stage where I do consider to be, you know, minor pro if you want to call it that you're you're there with a a specific purpose in your life you're there to either try and get an education a scholarship you're trying to play pro hockey um whatever that decision is that you're still playing hockey at that level and at a competitive level like the chl is you understand the risks that are there and you know what that to me i'm fine with where it is right now well said louis one more for you louis debrus checking in here on the face-off show oilers and canucks at seven Benson, McLeod, Seviers aligned tonight. Perlini, Shore, yeah. and Turris. Um, what, what's what needs to be sorted out here? Can there be a last push at this point for from one of those guys? 
I think anytime you're in the lineup in an exhibition game, I think there's always a chance to push, you know, and be, you know, that's coming from a guy that a lot of times I was that 13th, 14th, 15th, maybe 18th for it at times. <laughs> but, <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? Like I was always in the mix to say that I had to, I had to do something in a game. Now, listen, my role was a little different and it was a little easier to go out there and engage in a, in, in a fight. And I used to say that to guys that were offensive players. I'd say, you know, I, the pressures of, of having to be offensive and having to perform and having to make something happen on a nightly basis is much more difficult to get it done than it was in my role. I, I could usually find someone to tangle back when I played. Reed. There was usually about three or four guys in exhibition games that were completely willing to engage with you. But to go out there and have to, to perform at a high level and produce is a very difficult thing. But... To answer your question, yes, I do believe there's always a chance to to make a statement. I think there's always a chance to do something where the coach, where the general manager, the the, the scouting staff, and the management staff are watching the game, saying, "Wow, that was a real nice play. I like to see that from that player." Could it be the 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 play that you know puts the balance in your favor? I'm not sure where they stand right now on their uh, evaluations of the players, but. I say you always have to go out there and put your best foot forward and try to do the best you can in order to make sure that if it isn't the Edmonton Oilers that you're playing for, it might be for the team that might want to pick you up if you have to clear waivers to be sent down. You're always playing for something, so go out there and give it your best shot. Yeah, good point. Hey, Louie, hope you had a productive day today. Enjoy the game tonight. Thanks for checking in. Okay, Reed, you take care. That is Louis DeBrusque. Really good insight, as always. I mean, I find Louis so well-spoken, and, hey, he played a – a certain style of game in the NHL, and he really understood it, and he's good at explaining it, and uh, good perspective on what happened with Cassian and McEwen and also where he thinks uh, fighting might be headed in the National Hockey League. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.